Take your Bibles. Uh, turn to two places, if you will. Put a marker over in uh, Genesis chapter number 50, and then we'll start in Hebrews 11. Of course, you probably knew that already. Amen. So we'll start here in Hebrews 11, and we'll go to Genesis 50. We'll go back and forth between the two. We'll read the first three verses, and then we'll jump down further into the chapter. Hebrews 11, 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Uh, We've been talking, of course, about lessons of faith. Uh, Romans 1.17 says, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As I've said, I think, nearly every week, verses 1 through 3 of Hebrews 11 is God's doctrinal statement. He just defines what faith is. And then he gives us illustrations of how that was lived out in the lives of people that are just like us. Uh, Sometimes we read about these Bible characters and we think they were super saints. They didn't face any difficulties. It was all good. And, but it wasn't that way. We've looked at the lives of, of Abel and Enoch and Noah and Abraham. We looked at Abraham three different times. And Sarah, uh, we looked at these all, uh, lessons from the old country. Uh, and then we looked at the life of Isaac. And the last lesson we looked at was the life of Jacob, or now known as Israel. Uh, but we're going to go today to verse number 22 of Hebrews 11. And we'll look at another Bible character. The Bible says here, By faith Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. Let's pray. We'll get into the lesson. Father, help us as we study this morning, uh, as we look into the life of Joseph. There are so many lessons that we can learn. I just pray you to help us as we focus in on the things that you shine the spotlight of Scripture upon. May we learn from it, may it help us this week. May we not just learn some facts, but may it be applied to our lives, and may we this week live differently and walk more in faith than we did in the past week. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Joseph is a very unique Bible character. Uh, He's one of those major Bible characters along with Daniel where God doesn't record any sin to his record. Now, it doesn't mean he wasn't a sinner. He was. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Amen. Uh, But we're told just good things about his life. We're told about his brothers mistreating him. Uh, We're told about their response to him saying, I have a dream. And by the way, any time that you come to someone and, and try to express to a carnal individual what God's been doing in your life, they're going to look at it with disdain. And his brothers couldn't stand it that, that God had spoken to him. The things he had said to him, uh, of course, affected them, and they didn't like it. Uh, we are told about him being sold into slavery. How, how would you like your brother to do that? Now, the reason they sold you into slavery is because one brother convinced them to do that instead of killing you. What loving brothers, amen? Um, we're told about him uh, being in Potiphar's house and then being tempted by Potiphar's wife. We're told about him being lied about and being sent to prison. Uh, We're told about him interpreting the dreams for the butler and the baker. And we're told about him being forgotten by the chief butler. Uh, We're told about him being brought before Pharaoh 
and him interpreting the dream of Pharaoh and then him becoming second in command in Egypt and being put in, in charge of the food supply. We're told about him caring for his brethren. But it's interesting, look again at verse number 22, that God didn't talk about any of those things when he talked about Joseph's faith. Look at verse 22 again. By faith Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. God mentions about Joseph and his example of faith, not what he did during his magnificent life. He talked about what Joseph did at the end when he died. God chooses to show us how Joseph finished. It's important as a believer to finish well. And Joseph did. And that's what God decided to highlight. I want to show you faith in the life of Joseph. And it's not going to be him trusting me while he, was at, while he was being sold into slavery. It's not him trusting me when he was going through the difficulty at Potiphar's house. It wasn't him in prison. No, his greatest moment of faith was at the end of his life. We've been talking about Paul a moment ago in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 and 7 are amazing verses where Paul says, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. He was not talking about getting on a boat or an airplane. He was about to have his head cut off. He said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Paul finished well, and so did Joseph. We're going to look this morning just at this, at verse number 22, at how God addresses the end of Joseph's life. Look one more time before we go to Genesis 50. Verse 22 of Hebrews 11. By faith Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel. Let's go back to uh, Genesis chapter number 50. And we'll begin here in verse number 15. Genesis 50, verse number 15. And when Joseph's brethren saw that their father was dead, they said, Joseph will peradventure hate us and will certainly requite us all the evil which we did unto him. They sent a messenger unto Joseph, saying, Thy father did command before he died, saying, So shall you say unto Joseph, Forgive, I pray thee now, the, trans, the, the trespass of thy brethren and their sin, for they did unto thee evil. And now we pray thee, forgive the trespass of the servants of, uh, of God thy father. And Joseph wept when he spake unto him. We'll keep reading, but I just want you to point out, uh, want to point out, verses 16 and 17 are a lie. Jacob never told the other brethren, well, when I die, make sure you go to Joseph and tell him I said for, you to, for him to forgive you. That never happened. He had already forgiven them long before their father died. But their human reasoning, well, he's going to act just like us because we know what we did to him and he's going to do the same to us. He's going to respond to us in the same fleshly, carnal manner that we did, but Joseph was, was, was further along the road spiritually than they were. Verse 18, And his brethren also went and fell down before his face, and they said, Behold, we be thy servants. We should notice verse number 19, And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, 
You fought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. Now therefore fear ye not, and I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spake kindly unto them. We'll pause right there in the reading. Joseph's brethren, they knew that their life was good as long as dad was alive. Because they felt like it was dad holding Joseph back. It was not, it was God. God's been working through all of this. Joseph was, humanly speaking, in the position to do very, very bad things to them. He could have had them put to death and no one would have questioned it. And humanly speaking, people would have said, well, he had a right to do that. Look what they did to him. They had been starving back home, but God had orchestrated events that were beyond their understanding to preserve a posterity. God planned for their future generations by having Joseph sent to Egypt. Dad was now dead. They feared Joseph would retaliate for all the wrong they had done to him. He said in verse 19, as we mentioned a moment ago, fear not for him, I in the place of God. And when you step out in revenge or to get back to someone, get back on someone, they did something to you, so you're going to do something to them. To them. You have now done exactly what Satan wanted to do. Put yourself in the place of God. Because only God is the one who can determine what is just and what is not. As the scripture says, will not the judge of all the earth do right? He will always do right. Our problem is, We don't think like God does. In the mind of Joseph's brothers, all right, it would be right for Joseph to retaliate, but God had so spoken to Joseph, he understood as we read there in verse number 20. Look at it there in Genesis again. But as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass, that is this day, to save much people alive. Instead of revenge and anger, Joseph treated them kindly. As we read this, we find that Joseph, he lives to be 110 years old. It's, it's been many years now, and he's, he's been in charge, and they've been following him because they had to. But now he's getting ready to cross over into eternity. And he demonstrates the example of faith that God chose to highlight. Back in, Genesis, or in Hebrews 11, verse 22, By faith, Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel. Look down, you're still in Genesis, look at verse number 24. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I die, and God will surely visit you. And bring you out of this land into, unto the land which he swore unto Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob. And Joseph took an oath of the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you and you shall carry up my bones from hence. Say, so how was that faith? God says it was faith when he, when he said to his brethren, when, as it says there in, in, uh, in um, Hebrews, that he made mention of the departing of the children of Israel. Uh, he, he said in verse number 24 of Genesis 50, look at it, God will surely visit you. 
He told them about the promises of God. He was telling them, God knows where you are. Isn't that a wonderful thing to know? God knows where you are. It's interesting, you go to the book of Revelation in, in chapters 2 and 3 where, where God speaks to, Jesus speaks to each of the seven churches uh, of Asia Minor. And those are real churches. And, and he says to, in verse number 12 of Hebrews, uh, I'm sorry, of, of uh, Revelation 2, verses 12 and 13, and to the angel of the church at Pergamos write, these things saith he which hath a sharp sword with two edges. I know thy works and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is. And thou holdest fast my name and hast not denied my faith, even in those days where Antipas, my faithful martyr, who was slain among you, where Satan dwelleth. He said to this church, I know where you are. I know where you live. Job worded it this way in Job 23, 10, when he was in that, it's an amazing chapter where he's, he's talking about, I looked for God on my left hand, I couldn't find him. I looked on my right hand, I couldn't find him in front of me, behind me. I couldn't find him. But in, in, in Job 23, 10, but he knoweth the way that I take. Here, Joseph was telling us in Genesis 50, as he said to his brethren, God will surely visit you. He knows where you are, he knows what you're going through. God has not forgotten. That ought to encourage you. No matter where you are today in your spiritual life, God knows where you are. What an amazing God. I mean, I'm talking about the God that could, that could span the universe in his hand, but he knows you, and he knows exactly where you are. He said in Revelation 2, verse number 13, he said, I know thy works when thou dwellest and where Satan's seed is, and thou, hast, uh, thou holdest fast my name and hast not denied my faith, even in those days where Antipas, my faithful martyr, who was slain among you, where Satan dwelt. He knows where you are and he knows exactly what you're going through. I don't know what you're going through today, but your heavenly Father does. I don't know what situations you're facing in your Christian life, but God knows every detail. Joseph told his brethren, it's the last thing he says to, him, to them, God will surely visit you. He was making mention to them of God's promises to Israel. Can you imagine that generation after generation heard this story? God is coming. God is coming. He will visit us and he will take us home to the land that God had promised Abraham. Generation after generation. You ever looked in the scriptures and found something God had promised you? You knew that was a promise, but you had to wait a while. They waited 400 years for God to fulfill the promises he had made about delivering them from Egypt. But he did deliver them. He did visit them. In Exodus chapter 3, when God speaks to Moses, it says in verse number 7, The Lord said, I have, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows, and I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land unto a good land and a large unto a land flowing with milk and honey into the place of the, Can the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is coming to me, and I also have seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Aren't you glad that God keeps his promises? 
It may not seem like it. You may have been waiting a while. Joseph told his brothers, he made mention, the Bible says. Oh, guys, don't forget this. God will surely visit you. He will bring you out. Uh, very much like the promise Jesus made, John 14, verses 1 through 3. Let not your heart be troubled. Do you believe in God? Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive it in myself that where I am there ye may be also. What a great promise. Jesus is coming again. You know, the, the, the Bible can be broken down this way. Basically, the Old Testament says he's coming. He's coming. The Messiah is coming. Then the gospel says he came. And the rest of the scripture says he's coming again. That's the, that's the story. Uh, I love the song, He's Coming Soon and There's No Doubt. I'm going to leave this world with a shout. Sin will be gone. Everything will be right. So keep looking up. He may come tonight. You realize we don't have a single problem the rapture wouldn't solve? All the stuff you're worried about? We'd take care of it if Jesus would come today. Uh, my home church, we would always start uh, every Sunday morning. The choir would sing that great song, Behold, He Comes. Every eye will see I'll never forget the, the choirs, they would sing it. Of course, if you've heard that song, uh, you know, in the, in the, at the end of that, the crescendo of it, you've got the sopranos going way up. And Mrs. Binkley was our high soprano. I was afraid she was going to shatter glass when she'd hit that last note. But we'd wait for it every Sunday. You know, we just knew one night she's going to hit that note and Jesus was going to come at the end of that song. Amen. But he is coming again. Joseph was telling them, God has not forgotten you. Look back in Genesis 15, verse 24. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I die, and God sh will surely visit you, notice this, and bring you out of this land, which he swore unto Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. What was his, his expression of faith? He made mention of them that God will visit you, and he will bring you to this land. He has a plan for you. We sometimes, I think, get caught up in this the world's philosophy, well, stuff just happens, you know, and, and it's just fate. No, it's not fate. There are no accidents in the life of a believer. There's only appointments. God is in charge. He knows what he wants to do in your life. The key is, is by faith following him as he does it. By faith, Joseph, when he died, made mention. It was the greatest expression of the faith of the life of Joseph that when it came to the end of his life, he was still talking about the things God has promised. Let me ask you a question. Could God call any of the things you talk about faith? The things that you talk about with your family, could he call that faith? It's interesting. The life of this great Bible character, Joseph, God said, here's his faith, that when he died, he made mention. He talked about me and his promises. He made mention. Um, in Hebrews eleven twenty two. by faith, Joseph, when he, made, uh, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel. And then the last part of the verse, and gave commandment concerning his bones. Uh, he, he made mention, but the second thing about his faith, he gave a commandment. 
He was talking about the things to come, the vision of uh, that, the visitation of God. But then he gave some instruction. Look back in Genesis chapter fifty, verses twenty-four and twenty-five. And Joseph said unto his brethren, "I die." And God will surely visit you and will bring you out of this land unto the land which he swore unto Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. He said, now he's coming. He's going to visit you. He's going to remove you from this land and take you to the land he promised. Verse 25, and Joseph took an oath of the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and ye shall carry up my bones from hence. He knew he was about to die. He knew the end of his life was near. He, he, was, he was about to cross into eternity. So he gave some instruction to his sons. He took an oath. Here's what he did. He said, now son, I want you to make a promise to me. Can you imagine that? I've had one of those meetings. In the last couple of months, I've sat at my dad's house. We've talked about his funeral. Dad's 85, he's as healthy as a horse. I think he's going to live forever. You know, I just, I don't think dad can die. But, but he's looked at me and said, no, son, here's what we're going to do at my funeral. You hear me? And I mean, he's got the songs all planned out. He's told me, you're going to preach on this. And you know what I said? Yes, sir. <laughs> so why? Because I'm afraid he'll come up out of that casket and fix it if I don't. Amen. He's told me what songs we're singing. He's told me what songs he wants sung as specials. Um, he's already recorded his salvation testimony that he wants played during the service so they can hear in his own words how he got saved. I love it. And uh, I just hope we never have to do it. I'm praying for Jesus to come. Amen. But that's exactly what Joseph was doing. He was saying to his, bro- his, his, his brethren, he said to his children, you're going to make me an oath. You're going to promise me. You're going to carry my bones from me. You're not going to leave me in Egypt. You're taking me back to the promised land. And by the way, they did. They got his coffin and they carried it. You talk about a funeral procession. You never see anything like that. Amen. Where did he learn that? Well, look at Genesis chapter 49. This is his father, Jacob. Genesis 49, 29. And he charged them and said unto them, I am to be gathered unto my people. Bury me with my fathers in the cave that is in the field of Ephron, the Hittite. Jacob said, you're not going to bury me here in Egypt. You're taking me back home. Uh, My dad's family, they're from the the mountains of Kentucky. Uh, They're from a place called Beattyville. Anybody heard of Beattyville? That's not where they lived. They were in the southeast corner. They lived in a place called Fixer. People who live in Beattyville don't know where Fixer is. When Dad's dad went to heaven, I'll never forget, when we went to, we had the funeral there in Indiana where he had died, and then we drove to the mountains of Kentucky. I watched as we went to the family graveyard. It's on top of a mountain. They put, the, they, they put the casket on the back of a Jeep and, and strapped it down with ratchet straps and drove it up the hill while we walked. And I remember my dad saying to me, don't you dare bury me here on top of this mountain. <laughs> like, yes, sir. <laughs> he used to tell me as a boy, he said, I remember standing in these hills in the depression wondering, will I ever get out of here? And he said, when I got out, I didn't want to go back. 
but not, great, not grandpa. That's where he wanted to go. Joseph's father, Jacob, said, you're going you're gonna to bury me back home. Why were Jacob and Joseph so adamant about not being buried in Egypt? Because they weren't Egyptians. That was not home. By the statement, Brother Mike, that he wanted his bones taken back, he was telling them, I'm not of this place. I may have lived in Egypt, but I'm not an Egyptian. I'm concerned that as believers, we get too comfortable around, spiritually speaking, Egypt, the world. I'm amazed at believers who live their whole life as a life for God, with a good testimony of faith and service for God. Yet when they die, family members give them a funeral in a place the person in that casket would have never gone to. They have stuff in the funeral service they would have never allowed. And it doesn't do justice to their life. At my funeral, don't you dare play any contemporary music. I'll come out of that casket. I want revival music. I want a victory service. Because when a saint of God dies, it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. They're in heaven. This In April 1st, it'll be three years my mom's been in heaven. I promise you, mom's not interested in coming back. Not at all. Don't plan on reading out of a corrupt Bible. I want good verses read. I've already got some lined out. What I want read. You see, Joseph and Jacob wanted the future, future generations of the family to know where they stood in relation to the commandments and promises of God. They didn't want there to be any doubt what those men believed. Notice again in Genesis chapter 50, verse number 24. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I die. And God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land unto a land which he swore unto Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And he took an oath of the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and ye shall carry up my bones from hence. He reminded them of God's promises. God has not forgotten you. He will visit you. You're going to go back to the land and, and bring you in out of this land unto the land which he swore unto Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Then he made, he made them promise, ye shall carry up my bones from hence. What's he saying? I want you to carry on this faith for future generations. It's amazing when you take time to read your Bible how much God talks about generational spirituality. Not that because dad saved, the children are saved, but as a parent, I am instructed, commanded to teach my children the scriptures and to teach their children. And to teach it in such a way that their children's children will know. Uh, in Joshua 24, at the end of Joshua's life, he said in verse 15, If it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I've seen that verse on, on all kinds of people's front doors of their houses. We talk about that, you know, when you've got little children. Me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You understand when Joshua said that, he was, at, he was a great-grandparent. Maybe even a great-great-grandparent. 
He was saying, not only am I going to serve the Lord the rest of my days, but my children and their children and their children and their children. I think it's too many times we talk about parenting, those of us that are grandparents, those of you that are great-grandparents, we check out. Well, I've done with that. No, you're not. As a grandparent, we are required by Scripture to continue teaching not only our children, but our grandchildren the things of God. When, jo- when Joshua said that, he was speaking about his grandchildren. When Joseph made his brother's promise, he had a son, and Ephraim, he had a grandson, a great-grandson, a great-great-grandson. What a family heritage. Uh, take your Bibles quickly and go to Psalm 78. It's one of my favorite chapters in all the scriptures. Psalm 78. Verses 1 through 3, uh, the psalmist is writing about uh, the, 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 the things of God. And, and he says in verse number 4, about the verse number 6, We will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and His strength and His wonderful works which He hath done. For He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel which he commanded our fathers that they should make mention of them to their children, that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children. It goes back to the verse we just quoted, our memory verse for today, 2 Timothy 2.2. It's my ministry life verse, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit that of faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. We're to teach spiritual truth in such a way that the people we're teaching it to can teach it to someone else. Now we have a word for that in the New Testament, we call that discipleship. It starts in the home. Joseph wanted to make sure his children and grandchildren understood the things of God. And he made promises. He made them make promises to him that they would fulfill his desires. Uh, Go to Exodus, uh, if you would, Exodus 13. We'll look at this passage and then go right back to Hebrews again. Exodus 13. Look at verse number 18. But God led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea, and the children of Israel went up harnessed out of the land of Egypt, and Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. For he had straightly sworn the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and ye shall carry up my bones away hence with you. Now here we are multiple generations later. They're still remembering what Joseph said about the promises of God. He made mention. But he had also so challenged them, Brother Mike, that multiple generations down the road, they were still obeying what he said. That's influence. Now, we understand in the life of uh, of the children of Israel, Joseph is is a hero. Amen? God used him in an incredible way. But look back in Hebrews 11. All the stuff that God did in his life. All the times that he demonstrated faith. Hebrews 11, 22. God chooses to highlight this. 
by faith Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. Here's the practical application. Each of us need to be talking about the promises of God. It ought to be a normal thing for people to hear the things of God out of our lips. Not just to church. This isn't written to Sunday school teachers. It's written to everyone. We ought to be talking about the things of God. It ought to be just as natural as you griping about the weather. I mean, talking about the weather. I love in Psalms where David talks about my complaint came before the Lord. I associate with him. Amen. There's certain Bible characters I can associate with, and that's one of them. Amen. I compl- and if y'all complain, I won't ask you to raise hands on that. But talk about the promises of God. What did God say? And then second of all, practical application. Challenge your family, your children, your grandchildren to live for God long after you're gone. God said that was the greatest example of faith in the life of Joseph. Isn't it amazing how we put priority in stuff that's very public? And in Joseph's life, it was very private. God said, that was great faith. May we be people of great faith that is seen by our family. By the way, that's the most difficult place for people to see faith. Because they know everything about us. But Joseph said, don't forget what God said. I'm about to die, but let me make mention one more time how good God's been to us. Let me make mention one more time of what he promised us. And after they were done shouting, okay, now let me have y'all make a promise to me that when I'm gone, you're not leaving me here in Egypt because this is not where we're from. We're not Egyptians. We're Israelites. We're going to live for God. May that be true in our families. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the incredible example of Joseph. May we so live our lives that when we're done, when we're finished, people will say all the way through his life, he made mention of the things of God and he made his promise to continue that after he was gone. May that be true in our lives. Help us this week to walk by faith and in faith. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.